I was at a fortune teller, Sister Cecilia. She told me, you're going to find love. He's going to have brown hair and green eyes. He's going to be very kind and you'll know it because it'll be a sign from God. Here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to my house. And this really is my house. Glitter and gay. Coming your way. So thanks for tuning in today. When you say fortune teller, I picture like a very hokey like. She was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because like I've been to a lot of psychics who were not hokey. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's Atlanta, Georgia. Like literally it is like, you know, Sister Cecilia or something like that. You know, I can't even remember (laughs) her name now. Um, she's pretty, pretty well known here in Atlanta, and I can't even remember her name. I think again, mentally, when something doesn't agree with me, I just block it out. I don't even remember her name, but I never will forget. It was December the twenty-first. It was two thousand and six, and I was at uh, Julie Franklin's birthday party at Cafe Two Two Tango, <laughs> and they had a fortune teller. And, you know, she told me the same thing that they always tell you. You're going to find love. He's going to have brown hair and green eyes. And he's going to be very kind. And they're going to. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to, uh, you know, he's going to come to you through. uh, You'll know it because it'll be uh, like a sign of a sign from God is what she says. And sure enough, I had met who is now my ex-husband with brown hair, green eyes at church. So I was convinced like, oh my God, this is the one. Um, There were a lot of things that led me to he was the one. And, And that, interestingly enough, that was one of the things. And then the other thing was, um, someone that I just, I literally, I look back on my life now and think to myself, I cannot believe you even allowed this person in your space. Uh, just ever, I can't even think about it. Um, made a comment and I was just like, Oh God, you know, I, I I do think, so we wanted to talk about manifesting. It's kind of where we were going for our finale. Right. But I think I have a thought on yeah. on like psychics and I I've been to many psychics had really positive experiences ah. with with psychics and I think it kind of like parlays into the process of manifesting and and what that is and only recently have I started to kind of really understand like the true technique and power of manifesting yeah. and um you know and so I've had psychics plant seeds oh yes in me definitely right? planted the rotten seed yeah for me <laughs> oh see mine was like a, a beautiful you know. cornucopia of no. fruits that yeah, was planted mine, mine was absolutely not a hundred percent not uh, but i think that i i think that manifestation takes on a lot of different meanings vision boards and 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 one thing like we were able to turn someone's vision board, something on their vision board into reality for mm-hmm. like Casey Baker. Yeah. And I know that I have done vision boards in the past 
and I accomplished everything on that vision board except for one thing and that is I haven't met Joel Osteen yet but every other thing on that vision board I accomplished I, everything it's, and it's it, so it's hard to you know like to figure out what to give credit to because you plant these thoughts yeah where where I have learned the real magic is is you you plant the thought but then you also have to release it you know you can't be obsessive over whatever this thing is and i have found in you know the first like big manifesting experience i had was million dollar listing <gasps> because i was i had just started working with my life coach vavache and in our very first call we have this really powerful conversation and um and it was when i was you know my company was still triple mint at the time i had been on the um uh the leadership team pretty much since we had started the company and it decided that i wanted to go back to being a full-time real estate agent and selling and i was like that's really what i think my gift is and like that's what i want to do and i want to start a team and um and at the time, the thought in my head was, and, and the real struggle that I was having was, I can't do it here. Like I, I've been these people's boss for the last four years. I was like, it's going to be awkward to be their peer. And so I start talking to her about that. I was like, you know, I'm thinking maybe it's time for me to go to a different brokerage. I was like, which is crazy because you know, I started this brokerage and I have all this equity in the company. And like, um, I was like, but at the same time, I feel like for me to get back into things, I need to do it somewhere else, you know? And so she does what life coaches do. And she's like, interesting. Why do you think that? And I said, well, you know, I don't want everybody. I don't want all eyes on me. I was like, I just don't want all eyes on me while I'm uh, transitioning back into sales. You know, I was like, I haven't, I haven't been out on the field uh, since like 2009. I was like, so I was like, it's going to be seven years since I've been there. And I was like, I don't want that pressure of like, he talks the talk, but can he walk the walk? I was like, I just kind of want to go somewhere, relax into this. I had just gone through the weight loss journey and I was kind of like at a, a little bit of like uh, unstable ground. And, and tell me what, what, what year this is? 2016. So 2016. And you were in coaching. I had, I, summit of 2016, August of 2016 was my first summit. Okay. And then I think I actually finally signed up for coaching either at the end of that year or early the next year. Okay. So I wasn't quite in coaching yet. Okay. I just, Um, in my head, I I was in my head, we've been together forever and we've been in coaching together forever. So that's why I was like, Oh, wait a minute. Uh, like this doesn't, the timeline doesn't seem right, but go ahead. Yeah. So anyways, so, and I'm talking to her and I share with her, like, this is like a getting to know you phone call. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, listen, I just lost 200 pounds. I was like, I'm really just trying to figure out like my place in the world and what I want life to look like. And, and she said, okay. She was like, so you have a crystal ball. Like, what does, you know, uh, what are some of the goals? And, and I was like, I want, my vision is I was like, I want to be like one of the top agents on the planet. And she goes like, what number? 
And, and I said, like, a top 10 agent. She goes, what number? And I was like, well, it feels awkward to say anything other than one. Right. <laughs> like, so I was like, number one. And she goes, great. How are you going to do it? And, um, and I was like, oh, I, I have to think about that. I don't know. And she was like, number ones have to do something big. And, uh, and she goes, and I'm just letting you know now that number ones, she's like, if you don't want people paying attention to you or like watching what you're doing, she's like, number ones are watched no matter where they are. She was like, so if you don't want to be watched, she was like, you need to set a much lower goal. She was like, I, she was like, honestly, top hundred, all eyes on you. And, um, and I was like, really? And she was like, yeah, we need to like switch the narrative in your head. She's like, I think your mantra should be watch me. <gasps> she was like, because if, um, she was like, you need to be worried when people aren't watching you because she was like, then you're just a random face in the crowd. And she was like, and I can tell from this conversation, you're not looking to be just like a random face in the crowd. And she was like, so now on, she's like, can we agree that your mantra is watch me? And I said, sure. And so I just started, and it like really resonated with me. And I just started saying like, watch me, watch me. Okay. Like I need people to watch me. And, um, and so that was when I started making the videos. Anyway, at the end of the call, she goes to tell me, she's like, how are you going to be number one? She's like, what's that crazy thing you're going to do that gets you on the map? And, um, and I was like, well, I was like, I'm going to be the star agent of my brokerage of triple met. I was like, I'm staying put. I was like, and I'm going to, I'm going to rise to the top here and I'm going to be the person that like really puts this company on the map. And she goes, and how are you going to like really put them on the map? And, uh, and I started laughing and I was like, watch me, watch me. And I said, well, I guess I could star a million dollar listing. And she goes, that's what I see too. And you know, that was 2016. She goes, she goes, how long? How long are you going to give it? And I said, five years. Anyway, two years later, I was on million dollar listing. So, and I remember whenever I said it, I kind of like laughed at it, but I did spend a week really visualizing it. Not in a way that I was like going into like true manifesting techniques. It was just like all of a sudden, like a seed had been planted. And I was like, million dollar. I was like, I could be on million dollar listing. I was like, that could be cool. And then honestly, I did after a week, I kind of let the fantasy go. And I, um, I remember I got to work, started building my team, was really excited about it. And towards like the end of 2017, Vivace reaches out again. And she was like, I met somebody who is like a TV producer. And, uh, she's like, I just want to introduce you guys. And, I meet up with him and he had uh, worked on the production team that did like Queer Eye on Netflix. They did a few shows on Bravo, not Million Dollar Listing. And um, anyway, we really hit it off. And um, later that year, maybe, I had heard through the grapevine that they were um, looking for somebody new for Million Dollar Listing. And so... I just sent this guy a text who has nothing to do with the show. And I was like, Hey, I was like, I heard that they're casting for million dollar listing. And he responded and said, they've been casting every year looking for a female to join the show. This is when it was all, all fellas. And anyway, and I was like, Oh, that makes total sense. The show needs a woman. And, and so then I, I truly let it go. Cause I was like, if they were casting, they're looking for something. They're looking for, a woman and I'm not going to be able to fill that. And I wasn't disappointed. I was just kind of like, honestly, 
TV seemed like such a fantasy to me that it was like, I could enjoy the fantasy. It didn't feel so ridiculous to me where I was like that, that'll never happen. But it was also not so strong that I was like, no, I have to figure out how to do this. I have to like obsess over. I was like, who do I need to meet? You know? And then it was like later that year that they started reaching out to me. And even in my head then I was like, Oh, but you're looking for a woman. And then whenever I went to go meet them in person for the first time, uh, the person that they met with right before me, uh, was a woman and I knew who she was. And I was like, Oh, I was like, she'd be perfect. And, um, it was not Kirsten. It was a different local real estate agent. I was like, she'd be perfect. I was like, and they want a woman. And so I went in, it was, I was in a great space that day. I mean, I really, and every time they called me, I would get like this tingly feeling. I was like, I think I'm like, I I think like there's like a real chance here. I was like, it doesn't feel like they're talking to a hundred agents. I was like, I think they're talking to like three of us right now. I was like in these conversations, but I still wasn't letting myself get overly excited about it because I was like, but they want a woman. I was like, and, and again, I kept being like, and they need a woman. <laughs> I was like, that just actually makes sense. Um, you know, and then when I got it, that was really like my first, I didn't have like the wherewithal to realize that I was manifesting over all that period of time. Um, you know, but it was such like a clear, because now what I've really learned is you need to decide that you want it and you need to feel it. Like you, I, you know, like for me, could I manifest a Corvette? I I just don't genuinely want a Corvette. You know what I mean? It's just not a car that's like interesting to me at all. But so I can't like feel that inside of me. I can't like feel that like, God, that would be so amazing. Um, you know, so I think that's kind of like the first step is you have to like feel it inside of you and just be like, oh my gosh, like to experience that to have that, to go on that ride, whatever, whatever the thing is, I think you need to like really be able to feel it like inside of you, like, wow, like the way that would unlock my life, the way that would like get me to the next level and uh, how excited I would be for something like that. And then go through like the visualizing process. Like after you feel it is like, you know, you're like living your life and wondering, fantasizing, visualizing about like, what does that life look like? Like, how would I enjoy it? And then at a certain point, now you just have to release it and let the universe do its thing. And I think it's important to like remind your subconscious every now and then about it. And I specifically remind my subconscious of the things I'm trying to manifest when I'm in a rut of my, like my daily process and like my daily work. And I'm just kind of like, Oh God, like, this is a lot of fucking work right now. Like, this is really hard. And then, and then I get back to it because I'm like, this could be the thing that unlocks. Like, this could, this, these, these really difficult things that I'm going through right now, this could be what unlocks it. And I think I'm like reminding my subconscious, my energy, and the universe that I really want this. And I'm willing to do all of these things right now for the possibility that that could happen and then re let it go. And then don't, don't be surprised. Don't be afraid of being surprised by the result. And, you know, and for me that, that when, when I quarantined in the Hamptons, it was the first time that I had, I had visited out there many times, but it was the first time that I lived out there for a year. I rented a house out there. We were in lockdown. 
and I did start to really plant the seed of like, oh, I want to build something here. I want to build a big real estate business here. And I would like walk through town and I would see my logo above these doors and I would walk past these gorgeous houses and picture what it would be like to sell them and the kind of people that I was going to meet when I would sell them. And then uh, I would walk past some houses and be like, if I do all of that, I could own something like that. Like I could live there. And then I would like think about like the, the parties and like having Glinda over and, you know, and um, just like really enjoying my life. But then eventually the world opened back up. I got to work. I started selling out there. Cause I was like, I'm going to have to have some experience out here if I'm going to have a business out here. And I didn't know exactly what it was going to look like. You know, I didn't know that eventually uh, the agency was going to buy uh, my brokerage. I didn't know that their business model was going to be a franchise and there was going to be an opportunity to buy the franchise. And I do think along the journey to manifesting, you get challenged, you know, you get, because I think the universe is like, you're going to have to show me you really want this. And I think that's what the challenges are about. And so many of us get like paralyzed and stop at the challenges. And I hit so many roadblocks. I mean, there were just endless roadblocks. And what's funny is like when I would hit the roadblocks, you get that like sick feeling in your stomach. Like this isn't going to work out. This isn't meant for me. This is about to be taken for, from me. And then pushing through the roadblock is always easier in reality than it was in my head. I'm like, this is going to be impossible. And then I make like two phone calls and I was like, actually, that was quite easy. <laughs> um, so you've been able to manifest a lot. Yeah. And, and do you credit, uh, Vivace? Like she was like the, the, the planted the seed. She gave you the foundation. She was the root. Like, do you, when you think back or have you, you know, b before you met her, you went through this weight loss journey. So you're, you, when we talk, when people listen to this, you know, the, the, the crops of manifesting the life that you want and how to do that, you know, short and simple, where did it start? Like, what was the, what was the, the, the trigger for you for where it started? It's, it's a deep, deep desire is, is where it starts. And, and you the, were able to visualize it mm -hmm. and you wanted it and it, 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 it felt right to your core. Yeah. And I could see it's, you know, so there's like the reason I use deep, deep desire is because of course in a passing moment, there's like a thing that we want or a person that we want to date or like, you know, right. some like that's, that's not enough in my opinion, because I believe that there's only been a handful of things in my life that when I think about it, it's like, it's a very unique feeling that I get when I'm like, Oh, that would be special. Like that would be really special to a point where I'm then fantasizing about it throughout the day. Like those are the kind of things where I'm like, Oh, now I'm, I'm now I realize it when it's happening. I was like, I think I'm, I'm on like a manifesting process here. Like I'm really seeing the life to a point and I wrote about this when, when I posted about the franchise, I was like, I saw this so clearly three years ago and visualized it in such specific detail that I remember there would be sometimes where I like woke up from like in the morning feeling like it had already happened. 
I was yeah. like, oh God. I was like, I saw that so clearly that it actually like felt like my life for a second. Yeah. And for me, it was a, for me, it was a little bit, interestingly enough, it was different from the perspective that I wanted to change my life. Like where I was in life, I knew for a fact that was not where I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I went to this Unleash the Power Within conference. And really, that was kind of like the trigger for me, for my ability to visualize and manifest the life that I wanted. And it was, and, and you know, it was When inter- did you first go? So there were a series of things that led up to it. So I, I realized I was not living the life that I wanted and I stopped drinking and I didn't seek therapy. I didn't seek any type of, uh, program. I just literally stopped drinking period. That happened in November of 2015. In January of 2016, I changed my nutrition. And I literally changed it that second. Like, I made a decision. I'm going to do it. And the weight fell off. My skin, my hair, my body, my joints, everything felt better. It was the decision to stop drinking, the decision to change my nutrition. And then I went to that UPW. Mm -hmm. And when I went to that UPW and it was like that connected all of the dots for me, that this is not the life that you should be living. You are destined for something greater. Mm -hmm. And it was these moments of a lifetime that I was so desperately seeking Mm-hmm. And I could not figure out how to make them happen. And so, and, and what they, what happened was it became very apparent that the life that I was in was not the life that I wanted. And I kept visualizing like my business, my team, and on that vision board, even before UPW was that I would go see Tony Robbins that I would make a million dollars, that I would grow my team, that I would get down to 135 pounds. And so all of that was on my vision board. Sorry, I thought I was about to sneeze. Oh, I was like, I was like, she's having an emotional moment. No, I was about to sneeze. Sorry about that. And so when, when I started seeing like, oh, wait a minute, like I'm at $750,000. Like I'm really close to a million. Mm -hmm. Like I'm number one in my office. Oh, wait a minute. I'm number one in East Cobb. Oh, I'm number one in Cobb County. And so it kept getting closer and closer and closer to all of those things. And so I go to UPW and I really understand the feeling of wanting it, that, Mm -hmm. that desire, that, that just core belief. 
And, and I honestly think that it was those three things, stopping drinking, changing my nutrition, going to that UPW and understanding what a moment in time, what a moment in a lifetime was, actually experiencing it, feeling it with Lucas. That was when I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is what every moment should feel like. This was part one of the season finale. Come back next week for part two. What we gonna do? Subscribe, share, rate, and review. Like, share, rate, subscribe, review. In whatever order you like, apparently. <laughs> <laughs>